Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, looking for an inexpensive lunch? Panera just launched a deal for National Soup Month. Add a bowl of soup to any entree for one buck. Second, why in the world are people mixing cottage cheese with everything? Bottom line, because it's healthy. Low calorie, high protein, low fat, lots of vitamins and minerals, and it can make a smoothie creamy, cookies high protein, even makes your eggs creamy. I'm just, I can't get over the texture of cottage cheese. I guess when it's all blended up, I'd be willing to try it in a cookie for sure. I'd I'd try anything in a cookie. (laughs) And finally, in the world of food, did you hear the trick parents are using to get their kids to eat healthy? Our producer Griffin is doing this with his kids. Put a sticker on it. Yep. Bluey stickers on celery, frozen stickers on fruit, you name it. Mm. And they say it completely works. Mm. Coming up in just a minute, have you ever met someone just once and you became fast friends? Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Ever meet someone just once and you become fast friends? A couple flying back to New Jersey after a vacation in Mexico had their five-month-old daughter with them and... Would you believe that by the time they landed, the sweet woman next to them had crocheted a hat that matched the little girl's outfit to celebrate her first flight? It was Romy's first flight. Ended up taking a liking to this woman next to us. The woman was crocheting and Romy was just obsessed with it. I had the same color yarn as her little outfit. And I was like, this baby is getting something. I'm like, I did it! Here, hat! Let's see if it fits baby. And it did, and it was really sweet. It was just a nice moment. I wonder if that's the fastest she's ever crocheted in her life. Because she had to get it done before the wheels down. <laughs> so sweet. I bet you they're going to stay in touch. You think so? For life. Oh, yeah. yeah At least so. Christmas cards, right? Yes. Yeah. We've stayed in touch with the friends we made on uh, the Viking cruise we went on. Like yeah. We're, we're in an email, uh, texting group together. We were texting each other about the playoffs and we sent them, everybody exchanged Christmas cards and stuff. So yeah, I got I a think. good story in a minute about uh, getting to know someone on an uh, two flights. Yeah? We, yeah, we stuck together. I'll tell you the story in just and a minute. And are you still friends? Or are you going to... Um, we are still social media friends. Like, oh, But cool. I know yeah. if, I, if I got together with her tomorrow, we'd have a blast. That's cool. So we're talking about that thing that happens where you meet someone for the very first time and you become fast friends mm-hmm. immediately. That happened to me with someone who listens to the Kevin and Taylor show. It's, it's actually a really cool story. I'll tell you about it next. We're talking about meeting someone and you become fast friends. Like you were strangers one minute mm-hmm. and after a little bit, you're like, wow, we really hit it off. Do we and, just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> and that happened to me. Um, I was in the airport and I was getting on one of those flights where you get to choose your seat. And some people get on sooner than others if you paid a little bit more. I think it was Southwest. And it was a, a two-legged flight just to get to my sister's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. She lives in Muskegon. And, um, and so I'm waiting in line. I'm just traveling all by myself, going to see my sister for her birthday. And I'm like, that lady, she smiled at me. That, that's sweet. Okay, I don't know who that is. Am I supposed to know who that is? And we get on the plane. I, I get a window seat. And this woman gets on the plane and comes and plops down right next to me. And turns out she was a Kevin and Taylor listener. Huh. And so she felt like she knew me, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything about her. And so we started to talk. She was going to visit family in Michigan. That's where she's from. And we just started talking and getting to know each other. And now she's been, quote, kind of part of our show on the periphery for a long time. Because, like, remember, it's Nikki Donahue. 
and she's the lady that brings cookies to all the baseball fans. Right. And we just were talking and talking and talking. I didn't I didn't listen to my AirPods. I didn't read the book I brought. I didn't watch a movie. I, of course, it was Southwest. There probably no movies on the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just talked the whole time. And we share this really funny moment. I was telling her this big, long story. And then I'm like, so I'm standing there and I'm waiting in the queue. And I looked up at her and I went, did I just say queue instead of line? <laughs> Who am I right now? Like suddenly British came out of me. We laughed so hard. And then we both went our separate ways during the layover mm-hmm. and I grabbed something to eat and we ended up sitting together on the second flight too. Huh? No kidding. Yeah. She's such a cool person. So great story of you and the Nikki becoming great friends on the a couple of flights where you happen to be sitting next to each other. I had a, a experience where I, I was next to a guy uh, flying from uh, one spot to we're flying to Boston. It was like a three three and a half hour flight, and we started chatting. He was a medical researcher, and man, I started asking him a million questions. Just fascinating what this guy did for a living. He was on his way to Amsterdam to uh, give a talk. He he Very lives cool. there like two months out of the out of the year. And he teaches and gives lectures and stuff. So I was fascinated with like predictive medicine. So they AI was involved and how they're going to know what's going to happen to different people based on their health history. So I'm asking wow. a million questions. And at one point he goes, um, so I'm going to read now. <laughs> he had had enough. There's of- one little downtime and you were stealing right. it from him. He had had enough of my questions for That's probably about 45 hysterical. minutes straight. I love the directness. Right. Um, I'm going to read now. As you can imagine, every question that a guy like that answers leads to yet another question. Yeah. Right. And then the health insurance ramifications of, okay, if you've got predictive medicine where you're going to know what's going to happen to people, <laughs> what's that going to mean? If you know I'm going to have some type of life-threatening illness, does that mean my rates are going to go up? What's the deal? And he's like, well, that's one of the fears that that people have with these new technology. Anyhow, it was fascinating, but he cut me off. He was like, I'm done. I'm done. All right, I got to let everybody peek behind the curtain here at the radio station. I'm going to out Taylor. She is Mrs. Goldberg, the team mom here at the radio station. What? No, I'm yes. not. Yes, not you are. In any you way. just Why totally team mommed me and Griff. You asked Griffin to get you some sound, like a little bit of audio to play later in the show. And I went over to talk to Griff about something else. And you, I'm in the middle of talking to him. The door flies open. Hey, I've got Griff working on something for me. That's going to have to wait. Because we only had three minutes on a song you to get the audio. I needed the audio right away. We both sat. And I know Griffin's too polite to go, hey, Kev, I'm getting audio for Taylor. We both looked at each other and sat there like, oh my gosh, we're in trouble with mom. (laughs) I'm telling you. That is, you might think it came across as like assertive, assertive, like businesswoman. It came across as team mom. I go, hey, Kev, Griff's getting me audio. We only have three (laughs) minutes left on the song and it's going to be close as it is. Hey, hey, Taylor, uh, Griff and I wanted to go out and play after the show. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, brother. Hey, do you have any 11 to 26-year-olds in your family coming up the latest Gen Z trend when they pose for photos? Do you have any 11 to 26-year-olds in your family? Have you heard the latest trend when they pose for photos? What is it? You've heard of duck face. Yeah. Have you got to know about this because your kids. What nose cover. Maybe when you... Nose cover? Have you heard a nose cover? No. What okay. do you do? It's where Gen Zers hold their hand in front of their face in family photos. That way, if parents post the photos on social media, the kids won't be teased. 
It doesn't really mean anything. It's just a way of kids blocking their face and expression because most parents are on social media these days and they love to post family photos without permission. Mm. And since everyone is online somewhere these days, it's easy for other kids to come across those cheesy family photos and tease kids about them. So the nose cover is just a way to partially hide themselves in kind of a cool way. Like this one, um, one kid was like, he was covering his nose, he's doing the nose cover, and mom goes, why are you doing that? Are you being bullied? No, mom, but if I don't do it, I will be bullied. Right, because of all of you. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> because, you know, the, the nose people, cover. Because the people bullying you, don't. they don't have an embarrassing family, too. No, they don't even have parents. <laughs> They're just, you know, cool automatons right? who live an independent, <laughs> cool life on their own. Oh, my gosh. What a weird world we live in. I that used to, at that age, I would cover my smile with my hand because of Why? my braces. I would, I would go Why like didn't this. you smile with your mouth closed? Because uh, my teeth are so big, it's challenging, especially with all that metal. Try it right now. Smile with your mouth closed. Oh, yeah, you just look mad. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you take your coffee? Do you like it black, cream and sugar, cream only? Apparently, it says a lot about you. Mm. And I'm really worried about all of us here on the Kevin and Taylor show. we got a problem. I'll tell you what's going on next. So we're talking about how you take your coffee. How about you, Kev? I like to take mine in a 32-ounce cup. (laughs) (laughs) I I like it it black. I think we have a problem here on the Kevin and Taylor show because Kevin drinks his coffee black. Mm -hmm. I drink my coffee black. Mm -hmm. Our producer, Griffin, drinks his coffee black. Okay. He likes, in fact, mostly cold brew. He doesn't even like it hot. Right. And social media is obsessed right now with a study... That came out in 2016 that says, if you like your coffee black, Mm -hmm. you very well could be a psychopath. (laughs) We didn't need a study to tell us that. And all of us like black coffee. (laughs) And then they add, they make it worse. They add dark chocolate to it. So like I'm sitting here drinking my black coffee, eating a square of dark chocolate. I'm a psychopath. I'm not going to argue with you. (laughs) I've known you a long time. I'm not going to argue with you. Um, That's not the psychopath. You know who's the psychopath? Is the person that holds up the line at your coffee shop going like, I'd like a triple frappe latte with oat milk and just a splash of soy. And please, please, please make it between 140 and 180 degrees, not a degree more or less, please. That's the psychopath. They said they looked at um, food and drink preferences of a thousand Americans and at personality traits like how narcissistic, aggressive, and sadistic they were. And they found that people who like the bitter stuff are more likely to have types of antisocial qualities. <laughs> All because I didn't want the calories of cream and sugar. No. Now think about it. Think about the people you know in your life. I'm thinking about the people I know in my life who like their coffee black as opposed to people who have the really crazy order with all kinds of weird add-ins. It's the people with the weird add-ins that are the psychopaths. The people that order their coffee black that I know. I'm thinking of people I know and love. No, those are the people, if I'm in a foxhole, I want them with me. I don't want the people that are, that need the fancy, prancy drinks. Sometimes no. you zig and zag, though, and you get like cold brews with foam and you get like... Or chai uh, tea latte. Chai tea, yeah, yeah, dirty yeah. chai latte. I will have them, but my preference, my go-to, okay. my ride or die is black coffee black dark night of the soul black coffee that's what i want as a matter of fact if they had a roast called dark night of the soul i would buy it well you drink death wish coffee i do <laughs> how do you take your coffee taylor just told us if you drink your coffee black you're a psychopath 
<laughs> According to a 2016 study that everyone dug up and shared all over social media. There's a little bit more information I want to share with you. I don't start my day with black coffee. I start my day with espresso. Right. And it says if you require a double shot of espresso, this is what your personality is. I have a triple shot of espresso to start my day. I have three shots of espresso sitting there doing my devos. And um, by the time I'm I'm done, get my Jesus on, get my espresso on. I'm ready to face the day. Here's It says if you require espresso, you live on the edge. And therefore, you need a drink that will keep up with your lifestyle. You're all, What? Go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> You also grab the bull by its horns. What a better, what better way to start your day than full throttle? I like that better than psychopath. Did you get that from a coffee ad? No, it's from probably the same article you read. And oh, like it says, de- decaf people are are they don't they they're uh, health nuts and they they have just enough caffeine that so that it's healthily beneficial. Um, if you it, ran out of espresso, what would you what would you be like? Like because you're pretty hyper when you arrive at work if i did not have espresso what would i be like yeah um i don't know kinder gentler kev (laughs) (laughs) okay i I don't know i might i I might come in and be might come in and be paddington (laughs) a little teddy bear (laughs) right instead of tigger (laughs) be paddington you are tigger (laughs) what if we told you There are two simple things you can do to make yourself sound smarter. These two tips are going to make you appear uh, more intelligent, more confident when you speak to people. Number one, steer clear from big words. Mm. A study found that writers who use unnecessarily big words were seen as less intelligent than ones that use simpler words. Keep it simple and conversational. Second tip. Make to make sure you sound smarter, a slow down your speech. Everyone has a natural speaking cadence and it's kind of hard to change it, especially when you're passionate about the subject. But talking too quickly can make you come across as nervous or curt. Hmm. And at the same time, don't go overboard because dialing back your pace too much can come back as as if someone's patronizing you. You know what else people will make you uh, seem smarter? Is if you don't talk. <laughs> yes. Ask questions. That's so and, true. And let other people talk. Mm-hmm. And then... Spread the credit around too. Like, make sure you acknowledge other people that are involved in what. Like, you're in a meeting, right? And they're they're giving you a pat on the back, a, at a boy or at a girl. Make sure you like put the spotlight on anybody that's helped you along the way, rather than like absorbing all those accolades yourself. And people will be like, "Wow, so smart! What a nice guy!" And be genuine about it too. Don't just do it for the brownie points. What's the most romantic thing your other half has ever done for you? Coming up, you're gonna love this story. So what pops into your mind when I ask you, what's the most romantic thing your other half has ever done for you? Mm. You are going to love this story. Cody lives in Michigan and he's very evidently madly in love with his girlfriend, Hannah. She suffers from alopecia, so she doesn't have any hair. She's bald. So Cody decided, I'm going to grow my hair out for my girlfriend, And he's like, hey, I'm going to do this for you because I love you. Mm -hmm. How long do you want your wig to be? And she's Ah. like, two feet. (laughs) I want a really long wig. And he figured that if he did this, 
she'd never break up with him. <laughs> and uh, Hannah said, when I first looked at myself in the mirror, when the wig came back from the, you know, the guy, the person that made the wig, mm-hmm. uh, she said, I felt loved and I felt so much love for Cody. Oh, that's cool. That's so sweet. Way to go, Cody. He's a keeper. So let's talk a little, uh, a little romance. What's the most romantic thing your, uh, your better half has done for you with love? to hear the story. Spread the love a little bit. And I was accidentally romantic this past week. I'll tell you how next. We're talking a little bit about romance. When is a time that someone has done something just like over the top romantic for you? We would love to hear from you. Uh, My wife's birthday was last week. I was unintentionally romantic. I sent her, I I said, okay, her birthday was on a Wednesday. So I said, we're going to do two birthday weekends. This is your birthday week. And we went out both weekends, took her out to dinner on her birthday. But I thought to kick off birthday weekend, I'll send her some flowers. So flowers were delivered on like the Saturday before her birthday, which was the following Wednesday. Very nice. And then I I thought, I'm going to double down. She's going to get flowers on her birthday, too. But, dude, this was like a monopoly when you pick uh, banking error in your favor, florist error in your favor. They accidentally sent roses not two times, but three times. No way. Yeah. So how many roses are in your house? Six dozen roses all around (laughs) our house. We've got them in the kitchen. We've wow. got them in the dining room. We've got them in the living room. We've it's like got them in the bedroom. like a scene from Pretty Woman or something. They're everywhere. And it, I didn't, don't tell Trace, but I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> did you really keep it so, a secret? That's brilliant if you did. I wish. And now she's finding out I, the bubble is bursting. I wish I could say I was smart enough to have done it. <laughs> <laughs> so how about you? What's the most romantic thing anyone's ever done for you? We'd love to hear your story. So, Taylor, can I guess what's the most romantic thing that Glenn's ever done for you? Sure. You know me well enough. I'm thinking it's when he surprised you with a trip to Paris. You didn't even know where you were going until you got to the terminal. I forgot about that. Don't tell Glenn. That was phenomenal. We got a flight to Paris for cheaper than it would have cost us to go visit his parents in Amarillo, Texas. Sorry, Mom and Dad. (laughs) And then we found a hotel room with a view of the Eiffel Tower for $89 a night. Wow. It was, yeah, that was pretty spectacular. No, what what popped into my mind, first of all, is the little things. Like the other day, he spent the whole day looking online, shopping for new tires for me. Hmm. Because my car needs new tires, and he wanted me to have the safest, best tires. And to me, that's romantic. But uh, one of the big ones was he surprised me and proposed to me in a hot air balloon. Wow. I had no idea it was coming. I didn't know the hot air balloon ride was coming. I didn't know he was going to get down on one knee in the basket Mm -hmm. and pull out a ring. Then I was scared to death I was going to drop the ring. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was scared to death I might die when we were trying to land. I was like, no, God, I can't die. I have to get married first. I just got engaged. Right. (laughs) Have you done anything recently to encourage your pastor? This may be just the nudge that you need. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this new research from Barna. Um, They did a recent survey of pastors and they found out it's kind of uh, discouraging. 42% are considering quitting full-time ministry due to burnout. Now, Mm. why is your pastor burnout? Well, stress, loneliness, and political divisions, Hmm. followed by the toll it's taken on their families. They say the political divide has caused pastors to stray from focusing on faith and spiritual life into decision fatigue. In other words, no matter what decision you make, there's going to be a vocal number of church members that are not happy with you. Oh, so political divide doesn't mean like Republicans, Democrats. It means like 
in church politics, like politics uh, no, going can, on in the church. No, it's politics in society. Oh, I it's thought it meant politics, like, and it's the pandemic, and it's. I thought it meant like the elders want to use coconut scented soap. I and, wish, and the rest of the folks want unscented soap. Yes, I wish we could go back to those days, <laughs> but no, we're talking. People are asking pastors to take us to, to endorse dip their a toe candidate or whatever. Yeah, things and it's it's forty two percent are consider considering quitting. Wow, mm, that's a lot. So, are your kids a chip off the old block? Are they just like you or just like their dad? Apparently, our producer Griffin's kids are starting to take more after dad than mm. mom. Wow, we'll find out why next. So, uh, we're going to talk about Griff. You're saying your kids are starting to take after you. I know in my house. If the kids took after more after me than after Tracy, that would not be a good thing. <laughs> so what's the deal with y'all? Yeah, we've been very open, or I guess I've been very open that I'm pretty introverted. Mm-hmm. You know, at church the other day, at my church during the service, they do a thing called children's story. All the kids come up front, and someone tells like a oh, little, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. Bible we story. Went to a church Super years cute. ago, and did that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, my kids usually, I kind of have to say, hey, "All right, guys, go up there, go up there." You know, kind of force them to go up there. Um, well, recently when they went up for children's story, there's the group where everyone you know sitting together with the to pastor, li- with the pastor mm-hmm. and everything, listening to the story. And then there's my two kids, at least. 20 feet away, <laughs> like not even close to the group, right. way on their own. Kids, you're in the outer darkness. Yeah. Move up a little bit. So now you can't just say go up. You have to say go up and sit by and the pastor. Sit with people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like my goodness. They I got are a picture taking of it. after you. Yeah. They're a little old for this, but I can remember when our son Kyle was little, like yeah. really little, I would go up with him and I'd sit like crisscross applesauce. See, I, I refuse to do that because... I'm in, that, that's in out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> I forced them to go. It's like, oh. Did you say you took a picture? We yeah, I got a picture that. of it. That's yeah. hilarious. It was, it was so great how far off they were. These from. kids have never been more like daddy was in very their lives. on brand. Yeah. Now, are, you, are you guys okay? I mean, I would be okay with that. As long as they were participating, I wouldn't make a big deal. Oh, yeah. I, I don't care. Right? I really don't care. I just did think it's Sarah, funny. Did Sarah care? Oh, she just laughs. Yeah. yeah she knows. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you've been given a second chance at life coming up? You're going to love this story. Ever feel like you've been given a second chance in life? Maybe a close call where <gasps> you almost had a heart ac- a car accident or you're a cancer survival survivor. Well, check this out. There's this 80 year old man from India and he had been on life support and he passed away. The doctors were like, We're so sorry. There's no pulse. He's gone. And his body was being transported home for a funeral where his whole family had gathered. They had food. They were ready for the funeral. His grandson decided, I'm going to ride in the back of the ambulance with granddad's body. I just want to be with him one more time. On the way to the funeral, the ambulance hit a pothole and grandpa came too. What? He was alive. What? His grandson told the ambulance, my grandpa's alive. Get to the hospital. No kidding. Yeah. And he said, it's God's grace that he's now breathing and they're hoping he's going to get better. And all I can say is, thank God they live in a country with lots of potholes. Wow. India like is a, known for their potholes. That's like, a, a, oh, what is the the Monty Python, the Holy Grail? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're like, bring out your dead <laughs> in the morning. And this old guy, they're trying to put him in the in the cart with the dead people. He's like, I'm not dead yet. I, I'm happy. I'm happy. And he starts dancing. And the, and the guy's like, stop your whining. You're almost dead. Just get in the cart. And he's like, but I'm not dead. 
<laughs> well, that was Grandpa in India. Yes, it's the Indian version of that. <laughs> the pothole brought him back to life. <laughs> Have you noticed there's gadgets and gizmos in your life that like make your life so much better and others you're like, ah, do I really need this? Like one time somebody bought me a rice cooker. I'm like, how hard is it to cook rice? Wait, didn't I get you that? No. The microwave one? (laughs) No. No? No. It was a different, I know who gave it to me, so I don't want to (laughs) say, but they just unveiled some of the newest gizmos and gadgets um, at a big, you know, one of those big electronic shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us it, if you think any of these would change your life. There's there's one that I think would change my life the most okay. and one that I think could change your life the most, Kev. Um, so there's a new see-through TV. Uh, it stands, it's like transparent, so when it's off, you can see right through it, and they say it makes the whole room seem bigger. I wonder how see-through it is, yeah. or is it more translucent? Right. Yeah. I would love to see it in person. Not to the, mention, I, I don't like to think about the dust bunnies behind the TV. <laughs> I like either. them hidden. Yeah. Uh, and the wires. I don't want to see the right. wires. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Who came up with that idea? I don't know. Solved the problem none of us had. Someone has. doesn't like wires. Matter of fact, they like, created a new problem. Yeah. Okay, so the second big gadget they unveiled is... There's this new oven that's as fast as a microwave. They claim it doesn't give chicken or other meat that rubbery texture like a microwave. And get this. This Mm. is where it would change my life. You can bake in it and have a cake done in four minutes. I love cake. So that's a happy thing Mm. for me. And this one I think might change your life, Kev. Uh, Two brothers in Switzerland came up with a new cat door called Flappy. And it's got artificial intelligence and it prevents cats from bringing you in <clears throat> a gift. Oh. Like a mouse you or a bird. You could use that with our dogs. It detects a dead animal and shuts the, the pet out until they drop it. <laughs> They're not allowed to come in with the dead animal. So in our case, we'd have a pile of dead squirrels. Right outside. outside of our Better than inside the house, I guess. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would radically change our lives because our dogs are hunting dogs and they are just like... They're all about the squirrels, poor squirrels. We say every spring word gets around. Like you'll see new, like young squirrels frolicking in our yard. Like, uh oh. Word will get around. <laughs> <laughs> They'll leave our yard alone.